Welcome back to the PCP. So, there uh, was a period of time, especially in the 90s, uh, um, I think I alluded to this I, my talk about high school, that video games people got labeled as all gang members. Um, so this is full of shit, because most Vietnamese, as most people, like, uh, you know, with the dumb Cheeto in chief who's now out now, uh, labeling Mexicans coming across the border as rapists and drug traffickers. <clears throat> Just something that was, you know, played up by the media, instilled fear in people, that, you know, there were a number of people, Vietnamese people, in gangs, and there were reasons for it. Uh, I don't know all of, them, all of them. I didn't do classic research. You know, I've known people who ended up being in gangs, you know, dealing drugs, that kind of thing. Um, one of which actually is a former adopted older brother. And uh, so just to start off his story, he was a son, the youngest son of my dad's cousin. Um, so, of course, there's obviously, you know, still in Vietnam. Uh, I don't know exactly when, you know, probably in the 70s. So, you know, my that time my dad was a classic Vietnamese man, you know, drinking hard, you know, with uh, other Vietnamese men. And, you know, that's part of the reason why a lot of Vietnamese guys die early, especially back home, uh, especially back in Nam, is, you know, liver failure, diabetes, see my paternal grandfather. Uh, any case, uh, my dad's cousin uh, was dying. I'm not sure exactly what. But, you know, he knew, you know, my dad was planning on coming, uh, you know, hopping on a boat and getting, at, getting the heck out of Vietnam. So he asked my dad to take his youngest son with him. Right. Uh, so my dad did. Uh, I actually found documentation. Um, my dad asked me to burn a bunch of papers. And uh, when I was burning them, like, I thought they were all old tax, tax, uh, uh, income tax forms. But there's actually some papers, uh, including one declaring my uh, older brother as an orphan even though his mom was still alive. His mom and his older siblings ended up in Germany. Uh, so she actually visited us a couple times. Uh, my mom didn't like her, I'm pretty sure. Uh, she also didn't like my older brother. Uh, she was very upset that, you know, um, kind of actually like in Game of Thrones where, well, Nestor comes back with this bastard baby. You know, he was already married and had his own children. Um, except you know, there was no secret <laughs> where uh, this kid came from. You know, and dad's very, still very stubborn. Um, that, you know, like, I made a promise and I'm keeping it, right? And so, you know, we made it here. Um, you know, and my mom hated my older brother. Um, and they got into our arguments. And, you know, when I was eight, I... I remember the day, like, he's hit the pocket, and, you know, he ran away. Um, you know, he had enough of dealing with my mom, and whatever. Uh, and also, probably pressures, um, so this kind of talk, touching on a wider thing, that, uh, you know, a lot of immigrants, uh, especially if, you know, there's general, like a general paternalistic trend, or, uh, you know, more misogynistic culture, as some would call it, where the men have to be the breadwinner. 
So, you know, that extends down into the younger generations where, you know, now if you're older and you've been, you know, relocated to a new country, you don't know anything about the culture, you're trying to adapt, you don't know the language, and kids being kids, you know, they will make fun of you, or if you're unfortunate, you run into bullies, and and even more unfortunate, you run into racist bullies, you know, you, and then your parents, you know, don't know how to deal with, you know, your mental strife, you kind of lash out, you don't know, you get lost, you become vulnerable. Um, you know, this has this way some folks got radicalized. Uh, I don't know about sure, again, I don't have a degree in sociology or any of this stuff. I just know that my older brother had enough of this bullshit. He ran off, he joined a gang, he dealt drugs, he pulled one of my cousins from my mom's side into it as well. And, you know, they both got busted. They both went to jail. Uh, they both went through a number of girlfriends' wives. I think, because uh, um, over the years, you know, after he left, my, like, first uh, the bro ran into him, the younger bro ran into the older one uh, at school. And, um, you know, kind of reconnected with my dad for a period. And he had done pretty well for himself. He lived in a house and kind of a little... Um, kind of mini acreage uh, place in a place I never knew there were houses. Uh, it's like actually across uh, some train tracks in the northwest side of Edmonton. And, you know, it was a very massive house. Um, and, you know, his cur uh, current common law wife at the time, I think they're still together. Um, I, I don't know. You know. I don't keep in contact. <clears throat> very bad at that. Just as uh, <laughs> my friends. And my family. Um, but they had a, a goldsmith shop in Westmount. And for the period of time my dad uh, visited him to catch up. And it's like there was never any customers. <clears throat> but they stayed open for a while. They I think they just recently closed. There was a probably change in the mall. Um, what they wanted in the renovations or whatever, right? And, you know, what I'm leading to is it probably was laundry. A laundering outfit. See, this is not solely to Vietnamese people. See, I've, I've read stories of other people where if you find a business, you know, let's say like a pizza joint or whatever, the food sucks, there never seems to be anyone going in and out. Somehow they stay open for a while. Probably a front for laundering. I also discovered that most nail salons are fronts for laundering because, uh, you know, if, I don't give a shit if you, you believe me. Like, we ran it on a Ran an honest shop, me and the ex-wife, right? And we were in the red all the time. Uh, you know, after the third year, we were kind of turning the corner, but things had built up enough. I had enough of the ex-wife, and that's why she's my ex-wife. Any case, so uh, that's my connection, direct connection to uh, drug dealers. My my cousin, <clears throat> you know, became an abusive jerk, um, as far as I know. He And both... My cousin and my brother um, have, you know, wonderful kids. I met them each, I think, once or twice, right? Um, you know, but they were younger, so, you know, they probably didn't know. I you know through, you know, ex-wife, uh, you know, through her family. Like, there's one time we went on a night trip down to Calgary to celebrate son's birthday. And, you know, it's very odd because, you know, these were older, like, about middle age. Uh, Vietnamese people, so they're and they're expats, 
right? So they had the cultural expectation where, you know, women are supposed to be proper, you know, not supposed to drink or smoke, right? And these, you know, of course, there's no public smoking at this time. This is only a few years back. But the ladies were drinking, drinking hard. And, you know, that was my first clue. He's like, oh, something's not up. And, you know, if you've ever been to a Chinese banquet, you know, I've been to a number for weddings and celebrations and whatnot. There's a certain uh, level of, uh, you can tell the different levels of banquets. There's different ones. Like There's more seafood, right? It's a higher end one. And uh, I remember this one distinctly. Like we had shark fin soup, uh, which is, you know, uh, a measure of wealth as opposed to anything else because it's not anything that fantastic. And a couple of, like higher end dishes I'd never really seen before, including dessert. Usually dessert at a, for a Chinese uh, place is like made of beans or slices of orange. And this I had mango pudding. And you're thinking, well, what's fast mango pudding? Well, if you had dozens, been to dozens of these banquets, you know, and you never had mango pudding, you know something is different. Right? And uh, what cinched it for me was that, you know, there were two ladies where one lady was complaining she bought this new handbag, like, it was like a few grand, like thousands of dollars. And she ended up not liking it. And she begged her friend to buy it off her. She was giving her, like, a hot discount. She's like, just buy it off me, 700 bucks. I pay like three grand for this. All right. And, you know, at some point, you know, we leave and we're driving back, right? And, you know, the ex-wife kind of turns to like, you know, those are all gangsters and their wives. So I'm like, yeah, I, I figured. Um, their wedding we went to was, um, you know, a friend of the ex-wife. Uh, it's funny because she made friends for a period of time, like these three other girl, Vietnamese lady, girls, ladies. Uh, I guess they're ladies. I'm 40-something. I'm old. But, uh, because they're all born in the the year of the pig, 1983, same as my brother. Which is funny, because my brother, he's actually old, he's older than my ex-wife, but because of um, the way ranking works, because, you know, my ex-wife was married to me, and I rank higher than my brother, obviously from birth order, uh, he had to call her big sister. He, he understood, but he, you know, older, but he still was not pleased. Uh, <laughs> especially by the end end of that relationship. Anyways, so they called themselves like the four pigs. Um, right? So one of them uh, was getting married to actually a gangster. And he uh, like her family disowned her. Right? And she begged uh, the ex and her friend, you know, to get the four pigs back together uh, to you know, at least so she would have some friends at this wedding because he was like pretty much like this guy's second wife. You know, this guy was much older. Uh, he was older than me. He was like, I think time he was like 40s, 50s, and she was like 20 something, maybe 30. Um, you know, she was obviously marrying for money. And it's funny, actually, the two other pigs uh, were in a lesbian relationship, but one of them actually ended up being bi because they, they, they broke up. They, would, they had on and off relationship. And the other one of them ended up getting married and having two daughters, married some Chinese guy. Um, so, you know, I had never, uh, just going back to my older brother, I had never really met him after he had left until one time and, you know, we, part of the, you know, uh, kind of reconnection. So I, I ran into him like later when, you know, kind of he had settled, settled down a bit and, you know, got my dad because my dad was like, you know, want to, you know, reconnect and stuff, did that and kind of disconnected again. But, um. So it was near the time, and uh, one time we ran to him. So uh, my 
ex-sister-in-law was, uh, you know, had immigrated at that time. So we were at a Korean barbecue place and we ran into him there, him and his buddies. And, you know, you are seeing like mob films and stuff, how, you know, they'll whoop it up, not giving a shit, right? Where everyone else is scared. That happened, right? And they're going like, you know, oh, we should go to the strippers together, he says, right? You know, we're all going to the strippers later. I'm like asking, you want to go to strippers? Like, they were at, the sister-in-law actually was curious. The, the ex, ex-wife, she's, she's like, you know, she wants to go along, I guess, whatever. Um, but they were getting drunker and rowdier, and it's like, yeah, I think we're going to have to, the like, ex-wife was like, yeah, we're going to have to go. It's like, and yeah, we left. We never went to the strippers. Um, and over time, like, you know, we, the general trend is like, you know, if you, um, you know, just know people who are gangs sufficiently, in my experience anyways, they're generally very nice, very polite, but if you make them mad, holy hell, right? You get out of their way. You know, there's like a switch. And I've seen this a lot in gangster films, um, you know, not just North American ones, Korean ones as well. Uh, there's a Korean one called New World. Uh, very excellent movie. It is like, kind of like, um, uh, Infernal Affairs, and then I I've watched Infernal Affairs. I watched the second or third one, and you know people rave about the Departed and stuff. Fuck that, right? Go with the OG, go with the Infernal Affairs and New World, right? And uh, one thing you learn: the Koreans, uh, South Korea has a very strict uh, gun law. Same with Japan. Uh, that's one, uh, related, but not important. But so like you know, a lot of their violence is with blunt instruments like hammers. Or sharp instruments like knives, machetes. You know they don't have a lot of gun violence. Um, and another movie, uh, kind of revenge slash um, slash gangster movie. Uh, shit, what's it called now? Guy, you know, like a special ex special forces guy. Uh, you know, goes attached to this young know, girl who lives in the same you know shitty slum apartment with him, right? And, you know, he thinks he's dead, she's dead, so he takes revenge for taking out his whole gang. And he actually has a gun. And then, like, the first thing is, like, where'd he get a gun? He's like, I don't know. Right? So, you ever watch that movie, uh, The Man from Nowhere. That's what it is. The Man from Nowhere. Uh, you know, the fight's obviously choreographed, but, you know, the first thing you watch is, like, holy fuck, this is brutal. Uh, anyways, New World, same thing. Like, I, I got to, it was, like, there was, like, a ten-minute-long scene of, like, this massive in, internal gang, you know, multiple factions fighting one another, right, in a parking lot, and just guys just getting the shit beat out of them and cut up. And one of the guys, like, you know, gets pulled into an elevator with six other guys, the knives and stuff, and he kills them all, right? And he's not the main character. You know, New World, The Match for Tomorrow, Korean films that I should recommend. I don't like a lot of Korean films. Uh, I've watched a bunch, um... Like horror, uh, Snowpiercer, not, horror's not so, but like Old Boy, Snowpiercer, there's a horror one that came up. The endings can be weird, and I, I think they've changed that recently. Uh, I watched Space Scrubbers, and they kind of changed more to a Hollywood ending, like kind of happy ever after, kind of. Uh, anyways, I'm off topic. So, gangsters, so you meet them, you know, briefly, you're nice to them, they're nice to you, you get them mad you know, you're, it's not going to be good. And, um, so going, just going back to the nineties. Uh, so, you know, by this point in the nineties, you know, and I actually just checked my uh, American, 
uh, clanmates in Destiny, and like you know, this didn't happen down there, uh, as far as they could tell. I just asked this fellow from Arizona that you know there was you know an uptick in gang violence, and there probably was just an, quite a number more guys like in gangs, especially for Vietnamese gangs, because going back to what I was talking about culturally, you know, they're expected to make money, they have a hard time adjusting. You know, they don't want to work a shitty, at that time, like, five, eight hour, eight, eight dollars per hour job. And they see these guys, you know, you remember, like, started Goodfellas, right? You know, who had the money, the gangsters. Who had the bling, the gangsters. Who had the bait, the gangsters. So, that's how they got pulled in. <clears throat> right? In spite of their, uh, you know, parents' wishes and whatnot. And, uh, and expat parenting is terrible. Uh, a lot of corporal punishment, a lot of humiliation, and so it's like, you know, if you get sweet talked by some of these gangsters, and then you know, alongside the the money, you know, the freedom, the babes, the bling, right? You think this is heaven? Till you get knifed, right? Like two brothers did, it, like two Vietnamese brothers did uh, around Christmas time in the nineties. I think it was ninety six, ninety six or ninety seven. Uh, I'm gonna say '96 because I, because like I think it was around that time where one of my friends from high school, his mom, what middle class lady I talked about her, declared I was a gang. Just me myself, I was just a gang. We 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 joked about it for a while, but you know, and things like that didn't help. You know, um, a lot of stabbings. You know, because guns are were a little bit harder uh, in Toronto. Gotten easier to get handguns, I guess, across the border or whatnot. Um, you know, I haven't really been following. Um, also, like, every so often in Calgary, in the northeast area, uh, Marlboro, around Marlboro, now it's an immigrant quarter, so every so often you'll see like, some guys getting shot up in a noodle house, you know, a f place to search for right? Um, you know, shot and killed. Uh, big one um, that I remember, not clearly, was uh, there's a Used to be a restaurant upstairs. Transfer used to be decent, and then the, you know, kind of fell into disrepute, and like the whole building just went, just fell into whatever, and the building owner was just kind of held on to it until the city, uh, you know, purchased that land because they needed it for the light rail transit system. In any case, uh, one there was a wedding held there, and so one guy had stolen another guy's girlfriend, so the jilted lover came in and shot up the wedding. So. You know, you think, oh, this horrible. And I can't remember if anyone died. I'm, I'm not going to look it up. I think, I'm sure someone died, whatnot. And everyone's all scared and stuff. So from then on, there was a permit 20 or 30% discount on food at Birma. They bring back customers. And they just left it up. They had a big, you know, banner made. And it's just like, you know, 20, 30% off your tip, your meal, right? And people went back. Because Asian people are cheap. <laughs> um, there's another... Uh, one more, one more story. Uh, there's another family uh, my ex grew to be friends with. Um, so the the wife, you know, she worked in the nail salon. Husband was actually a seller for cable, and you know we, we went over and ate one time. You know, kind of got to know each other, and that was it. And then one day the ex-wife told me, "It's like, oh, you remember that? You know that the lady you know, with her husband who installed cables? Like, yeah, her husband's in jail. He was." He got caught dealing drugs or something. And I was like, fantastic. Just carry on the stereotype, guys. Um, oh, and she, sorry, one, well, just one more. My mom, uh, you know, she used to work all jobs, you know, because she worked two or three jobs for a long time, you know, to put food on the table, keep a roof over her heads. 
And when she picked up this janitorial job, it was like a late night, early morning uh, janitorial for this billiard club. And, you know, it's fine. You know, my mom worked hard, you know, got the place clean. And till one morning, she got there, and there was a whole bunch of guys, younger guys, you know, and they were milling about. So, you know, she just kind of stayed away. She didn't, over here, she did her thing, and she quit the next, that day or later. And, and who was this? It was the owner's son. He had just gotten out of jail for gang-related drug, who knows? And he was meeting up with his posse. So this is smart. So the money he made, um, let's say, uh, you know, selling drugs, he gave it all to his dad and had his dad, you know, buy houses, cars, that billiard hall, you know, they laundered it, right? So he could never be traced to him. So he just spent a few years in jail. And when he came out, he was set. Uh, one last thing. In a mom, uh, moment of uh, um, fig, not figment, thing of wisdom my dad passed on to me. You know, when you're in the life, as they call it, uh, well, on the wire, that's what they call it. When you've been a gang member, you'll always be a gang member, even if you come clean. Like, um, when I met up again with my older brother, you know, by that point, you know, he'd been, you know, gone through jail and, you know, he, was, you know, he wasn't doing, you know, involved in training more. But the friends we saw that day, even the ex-wife and the ex-sister-in-law at the Korean barbecue house, you know, they're obviously gang members. And, you know, like my old man said, you never really live, leave the life. That's why my mom was very angry when I was a kid that, you know, my dad would meet up with other Vietnamese guys in, you know, arcades and billiard halls, and they're obviously gang hideouts. I didn't know, but my mom knew. My dad knew, and he still talks to me. So, uh, Asian parenting is weird. In any case, I've uh, rattled on long about, enough about this. Uh, and no, I am not in a gang. And, oh, yeah, the takeaway is, not every Vietnamese person is a gang. Not every Somali person is a gang. They ran to that those issues 20 years later where the media was, you know, kept asking, why are all these young Somali men dying? It's like, you motherfuckers, you should have known this from 20 years ago, right? With the Vietnamese people. And I'm sure other people before that. You guys are fucking idiots, or you just want to sell papers. In any case, that's my little bit of anger. Uh, so, you know, don't get into life. You don't have to. You'll never leave. And also don't trust a Vietnamese person with a knife. Thanks for listening. It is the start of June. Catch you on the next one.